excited to be here. Uh, I have been with each of you now uh, for a year. A year last week was my first official Sunday, and, and I'm still just as excited as I was the first Sunday was here. And I'm excited this morning because I get to wrap up this series of drawing a line in the sand. Drawing a line in the sand. How do heroes draw a line in the sand? And we have been learning about several different biblical characters. We learned about Enoch, who drew a line in the sand time and time again. And as I told the kids how to understand who Enoch was, he was a man who lived a really, 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 really long time. And they remember who Enoch is. Because Enoch lived in accordance to God so much that he escaped death. And then we also learned about Noah. And how Noah was kind of a countercultural hero. He built an ark on dry land. He drew a line in the sand that, that put him on the other side of what the world said. Then we learned about Daniel. We also learned about how strong the little hook up there could be. As we had the window, and we learned that heroes pray continually. They can't draw a line in the sand without praying to have the strength to draw that line. And then last week, we talked about being at the end of our rope. Has anybody else been at the end of their rope before? Uh, I know that my rope became unraveled this week, and that looks like this right now. Um, but heroes, when they are faced with being at the end of their rope, make consistent decisions to trust God. It takes perseverance, it takes dignity, and it takes integrity. But, you know, the entire time that, that we've been talking about drawing a line in the sand, every time I hear it, all I want to do is to really draw a line in the sand. I want to put my feet in the sand. Love. And I think that our 
wondering about his household and his students, Joseph walked in. Because God is always positioning us to use, to use for his glory. We see this because we see how life changed for this official. You see, Joseph, this was just the start of his journey to greatness. Just the start. While he was with the Midianite official, things changed for them. There were blessings in the household that could not be denied. When you fully submit to God's plan, it makes it hard to deny God's blessings. And we know that there were blessings in Joseph's life because of the way that he lived. He wasn't sold into slavery and then had to make bricks. He was in this official's house where he really didn't have to worry about anything. In Genesis 39, 2-6, we see that even the official said, Wow, Joseph's in here. My, my life is completely different. There is blessing upon blessing upon blessing in my household, so I will make sure he is okay. Because if he is okay, I don't have to worry about anything. It says in that last part, he didn't concern himself with anything other than eating three meals a day. Wouldn't that be the life? <laughs> so you would think Joseph's life's going pretty good. But then something else happens. As he's in this house of the official, the wife of the official wrongfully accuses Joseph of any appropriate behavior. And Joseph gets thrown in jail. He gets thrown in jail. Thrown in jail. It would seem as though the blessings have ended. <laughs> but they haven't. Joseph knew they had it. Because remember, Joseph believed in the bigger picture. So instead of throwing a fit, Instead of saying, oh, that wasn't me, I didn't do that. Instead of saying, you can't do this to me. Joseph did something else that he was doing. Joseph spoke truth. And he lived in that truth. He knew he didn't do anything wrong. And he knew his God knew he didn't do anything wrong. So he was living in a place of truth. A place of truth. Can you imagine being so confident, so confident in the promise that God has given you to be right where you are, that you don't hear that you're in jail? Can you imagine being okay with being wrongfully accused and living in truth long enough to see the promise fulfilled. I don't know about you, but that can be hard sometimes. God, okay, I know your promises are true. I know they are good. I know they are right. But you have me at home taking care of someone I love when I can be doing so much more. 
in jail. He was okay to be in jail because he knew God had him exactly where he wanted him. It reminds me of something another biblical hero said. The most magnificent biblical hero, Jesus. Then Jesus turned to the Jews who had aimed to believe in him. If you stick with this living out, what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience yourself the truth, and the truth will free you. You see, Joseph believed in the truth so much that it ultimately is what freed him. He knew that this was all a part of God's plan. He knew God had given him a gift. And when he was able to use it, he used it to speak truth. I know a lot of times it's hard to live in that place of truth. Because when we look in the mirror, we see, well, if only, if only. God's truth is not an if only truth. It is a solid and firm truth. Joseph spoke truth while in jail. Now, he didn't ever badmouth those who put him there. We don't see him badmouthing his brothers. We don't hear him speak of anything negative. All we hear him speak is the truth. And one of the truths that he spoke was another dream that he had. Two gentlemen in jail asked him, asked them, what do you think is going to happen with us? We're going up into the Pharaoh today, and we're going to be ruled upon our, our case here. What's going to happen? Well, it seems as though Joseph couldn't sugarcoat anything. He just knew truth. <laughs> because he looked at one and said, you will be set free, and one and said, you will die. And that's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. So Joseph living and speaking the truth is what ultimately set Joseph free. The other thing that heroes do is they share grace. You see, Joseph was speaking truth, which might have seemed rather harsh at the time to the gentleman who said he was going to die. But was, the truth can be grace-filled at times. Amen? Truth is not always the nice answer, but it can be filled with truth and love. You see, this truth that Joseph spoke of is the truth that the Pharaoh heard about. And the Pharaoh heard about this truth and said, oh, I need this guy on my team. So Pharaoh took Joseph out of jail and made him a chief advisor. So, Joseph is now in a very high position, just like he had told his brothers he would be. You don't see him trying to manipulate his way up there. He just spoke truth. He lived in the confidence of knowing that God's plan is the best plan, and he continued on. And he came to a point when the entire land was barren, which he predicted 
families are starving, our towns are starving, you need to help us. And Joseph shared grace. Here were his brothers who had plotted to kill him. His brothers who had sold him into slavery, now standing before him.
smile. The ocean makes me smile. Grace makes me smile. On those days that it seems like I've been wronged, on those days that it seems like at the end of my road, Thank you. 
There are people right here in our community speaking. And thanks to our prayer corner, they know we're listening. But I would invite you to think about a neighbor, a coworker, a friend, maybe a family member, who you're not sure if they really accepted that grace for themselves. Write their name down. Put it in the sand. Any names that are written down, put in the sand, and we will pray for and over and put a ribbon at the next prayer gathering at the end of November. Another way that you might share grace is to invite a friend, a worker, neighbor, family member to dinner. Just to dinner, no strings attached. Just to show that you care. Joseph did not give away his identity in the beginning. He gave his brothers food multiple times before saying, Don't worry, I am your brother and I will take care of you. Showing care and concern for folks who might not have accepted that grace yet shows them grace in a very real way. Because that makes you look different than everyone else. That draws your mind to the same as I care about what you're going through. The final way would be to commit to being here in worship for New Consecration Sunday. This helps us draw a line in the sand because we're saying, I'm committing my finances to God. I am committing to grow in one step. We know it's better to give than to receive. But by giving, we allow ourselves to draw a line in the sand and say we believe in God's mission in this place. We believe in loving those who he has called us to love. And we believe that we're going to use our finances differently than what the rest of the world might do. So those are different ways that you can respond to today's message. And as you fill out your connect card to turn into the offering, would you let me pray for you? Father God, we, we thank you this morning. We thank you for the real ways that you show us your love, that you show us your grace, and you allow us to be in relationship with you. Father, we ask that you continue to walk with us and to bring us individuals that we can invite to accept your grace as well. Be with us as we continue this week and allow us to be your love.